Coming up on the Midco SN Podcast, USD is rested and ready to open up Valley Play in Southern Illinois. Argus Leader Media's Mick Gary joins us to talk about the Coyotes matchup with the Salukis. Welcome to the Midco Sports Network Podcast, presented by Avera Orthopedics. Here's Jay Elson. All right, USD coming off the bye week at one and two. They are rested, recuperated, and ready to get going with the most important part of their season. That coming up this Saturday with the Missouri Valley Conference opener at Southern Illinois. And for more on the current state of South Dakota football, we bring in our good buddy and regular guest here on this weekend, USD football, Mick Gary from Argus Leader Media. Mick, uh, obviously... Nobody wants to go into their bye week the way USD did uh, uh, in a performance at Weber State, albeit against a very talented Weber State team uh, that frankly fell flat. And it left this team kind of reeling a bit as they went into their off week. And and you certainly got a sense of that after the game out in Ogden. Uh, And and at the same time, I I think it was an opportunity. Maybe that bye week came at the perfect time where this team was able to hit the reset button and get ready for what really matters here going forward. I would agree with that, Jay. It's on one side, you look at it and it's, you don't want to go into a bye week with that game being your most recent game. But on the other side of it, once you play that game, I think that uh, it's, it behooves you to, to take a week off and reassess a little bit because there were some profound failures in that game that I don't think that anybody, the players or the coaches, really saw coming to the extent that, that we saw. Yeah, and talking to Bob uh, earlier this week, Coach Nielsen, uh, you know, he said he, he liked the way that his guys approached that week. They had a, a few days of good practice last week. Uh, they, they took a little bit more time off for obvious reasons because you do want to utilize that for what it is and that is a break and and you want to get guys rested and healthy uh, for the conference season at least it, when it falls the way it did for USD this year but certainly uh, they came back then on the weekend and got some good practicing in got some early pre- uh, prep going for this Southern Illinois game uh, but a lot of that is I think a mindset and I think he he thought his guys were approaching things the right way, which at the very least is encouraging as they get ready uh, for this next chapter of their season. Yeah, I think that when we talked uh, last talked to these people after the, the Weber State game, uh, there was definitely uh, the consensus would have been that it was we got to worry about us here. We have to have, get the rest, but also figure a few things out that are independent of our next opponent. And uh, so I, that means that means fundamentals, emphasis on fundamentals and all these different things and maybe just a comprehensive look at responsibilities and accountability and all those sorts of football coach things. Uh, They were getting an opportunity to kind of update themselves on and reload uh, going into this game. Uh, So I think that that definitely was part of it this week and it would be for any team taking that one-week break uh, at this point in the season going into the conference season. Uh, and uh, dealing with it, making sure that that was a productive time for them, both in terms of their health and in terms of their uh, enthusiasm for executing a game plan. Uh, I think we will definitely see what happens on Saturday, and that will be probably how we're going to ultimately gauge how effective this break was. 
of course, you want to identify and focus in on on those things that uh, you, you mentioned, the struggles that you had. And, and unfortunately for USD, uh, some of the biggest ones involved the offensive line. First and foremost, the running game hasn't been there all season. Uh, and this, of course, being another opportunity uh, to focus in on that. The other was obviously the pass protection. You mentioned prof- profound failures uh, in that game at Weber State. Certainly pass protection was uh, headed uh, head of the class there. Uh, they struggled in that department mightily to the tune of eight sacks. Um, you know, there was some injuries leading into that game that maybe weren't announced ahead of time that, you know, certainly lent um, – it's lent themselves to that performance or contributed to it in a major way. Uh, but Bob Nielsen said, that's no excuse. We can't play like that. And, and so that's something you got to believe with this coaching staff was, was worked on very heavily uh, and addressed in ways, whatever ways they saw fit to get that corrected in a hurry. Because if you play like that in the Valley, you're going to be in real big trouble real quick. Uh, historically, I mean, in the three years we've dealt with this coaching staff, uh, Bob Nielsen and, and his fellows there have been very good at problem solving and, and directing attention to a problem. And even with, even if they're, you know, dealing with injuries and lack of depth or lack of experience, have been able to solve these problems to some degree. Now, those first three weeks, I think it was easy to identify the running game as a problem after the Kansas State game, even though it was a Big 12 opponent, even though they almost won the game. Uh, they could, you could kind of see that, that this was something that they were going to have to get better at, and they really haven't in the time since then, which uh, surprised me a little bit to this point, but I, I would guess maybe was maybe the problems there were a little bit deeper than anybody anticipated. I still think that it, you look at their history and they figure things out, and that this is another problem that they're going to they're going to be able to sort it out to some degree. Maybe not. they're not going to end the season with equal yards passing and rushing, but I think that it maybe it's better than they're going to be better than 900 and and was 250, which is about what they're at now. I'm approximating those numbers and and uh, identifying it as a problem, identifying it as a potential big problem. Not so much game by game, but at by the end of the year, you look at all the situations where you're you need a yard here or there, uh, and you're going to have to try to get it on the ground, and you're going to have to believe you can do it. Uh, those things add up, and all of a sudden, um, in close games, the running attack is crucial, especially at the end of games if you got a lead. Uh, and they just haven't been able to do that so far. Uh, and I don't know, you know, it's easy to blame the line. Uh, but I guess joining that problem then last week was an inability to protect the passer. We hadn't seen that before. And now just a lack of running. Uh, uh, a lack of run blocking, it looks like it, they'd love to have that problem versus the problem they had last week. So there's definitely a lot of reassessing and replanning, rescheming, whatever, uh, that had to ta- have taken place the last two weeks. Yeah, and it, you mentioned the running game and, and uh, the, the pass protection, huge problem, very obvious problem. Again, eight sacks. They'd only given up one the first two weeks against Kansas State and Northern Colorado. That was total, and they gave up eight, which was the most ever uh, since Bob Nielsen took over this program back in 2016 uh, and, and by a considerable margin. Um, in terms of the running game, you were approximating numbers. Let me give you these um, specific numbers. USD's uh, averaged 190 yards rushing per game last season in, in a year where they won eight games, and that was a pretty solid effort. Uh, but the average this year so far um, 
is 92 yards. And running backs just 233 yards on 66 carries, only five runs of 10 or more yards. Um, you know, Bob Nielsen talks about being a balanced football team. Certainly that is not going to get it done. Austin Simmons, fortunately for them, has put up very, very good numbers for the most part. Um, you know, even his numbers were down at Weber State, but it was partly because he was running for his life pretty much all day long. Uh, but but certainly you're going to want to see a little bit more of a as close to a 50-50 split as you can. Uh, I don't think that's realistic right now based on what we've seen so far. Uh, you know, maybe we're looking at a 60-40. Maybe we're looking at a 70-30. Uh, you don't want it to get much more of a discrepancy that than that. But uh, that, you know, to this point, uh, it just seems the way to be the way uh, that things are trending as we move forward in this season. So with that said, they move ahead now. Uh, to, to face a Southern Illinois team also with a one and two record. Uh, they had a blowout loss where they, they put up a ton of offense and a ton of points at Ole Miss uh, in an FBS game, uh, but ended up giving up 70 plus and over 600 yards of offense, almost 650 yards of offense in that game. Uh, they won at Murray state to start the season. And then their, their game uh, against SEMO at home was another one of those shootouts, 48-44, the final in that one. I guess my point there, Mick, is the fact that if you're trying to get your offense on track, this might be a really good way to do it as you start Valley play. You look at the statistics, and uh, Southern Illinois has struggled with their defense, and they, they have a great offense. They run a, you know, a, it's an up-tempo offense, and it's a spread offense. I don't know that you could compare the them with uh, USD. I think USD is kind of a distinctive way they go about their tempo offense. But uh, yeah, boy, you look at it and they have not put up much of a fight on uh, defense so far this year. Uh, and it has included the pass and the run. Uh, last week, they SEMA um, ran for a pretty good chunk of yards there in addition to everything else they did. Uh, I think that it's a. I think overall, you'd look at that program and see that it's, maybe it's trending upward uh, with uh, Nick Hill, their coach there, young coach, 33 years old, uh, and this is a home game for him, a home conference game. And I would guess that if USD will get Southern Illinois' best, and uh, they're going to have to rush the passer, and they're going to have to, uh, like you said, establish some level level of balance with that offense to try to just keep keep things rolling and not depend on uh, protecting Simmons and then for him to be able to complete a very high percentage of passes, which I don't know if you can do both at the same time very easily, even if you're playing against a team that's struggling defensively. Yeah, Southern Illinois, in terms of the specific numbers, uh, Mick, they rank 112th in the FCS uh, in scoring defense, 44.7 per game. They're 107th in both total uh, defense and passing defense, uh, giving up over 480 yards a game and uh, giving up almost 300 per game through the air. And that, that certainly itself seems to set up pretty nicely for the attack that USD has had uh, so far this season. Austin Simmons seeming like he would be able to do some damage through the air, but they, they've also struggled against the run. As you mentioned, Simo had a pretty good day on the ground, um, 202 yards per game uh, allowed on the game. So this uh, certainly, again, seems to set itself up uh, for that offense to get back on track. USD, I think, just needs to regain a little bit of swagger after that performance at Weber State uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mick. And 
this is this is a team uh, and an opportunity that's in front of them and and certainly important. And I think the big key here is is just sixty minutes. Uh, I think that's the magic number for for this team right now. USD has not played well in the second half of any of their three games in terms of offense, in terms of scoring. This is an offense, obviously that that predicates itself on moving the football and putting a lot of points on the board. And it just hasn't happened in the second half, just 16 points scored so far uh, in after halftime for USD and zero in the third quarter. And, and certainly those are all things that contributed uh, to that rough night uh, in Utah a couple of weeks back. And, and given what they're facing this week with the Salukis, uh, I asked Bob Nielsen about this earlier this week and, and, and how this, uh, could set up for them getting the offense back on track. Here's what he had to say about it. Their defense is very athletic, uh, but at the same time, you know, we're just going to have to play with consistency. I think if we can play with consistency, you know, we can create some opportunities offensively. And you know, the thing that we did against Weber that we can't do is continually get ourselves in off-schedule positions. And uh, uh, as we found out, uh, you know, two weeks ago, uh, it was difficult for us to get any continuity going offensively. Off schedule, Mick. That's a term you and I hear a lot. The term Kyle fans have gotten very used to hearing. Uh, and it's always a concern for Bob Nielsen. And clearly uh, was a big part of the problem a couple of weeks ago at Weber State. If you're going to take on a, a defense that is, uh, frankly, looks like it's got you physically overmatched, which is what the case was in the last game, that off schedule thing, you beat it by staying on schedule. You, you beat it by... Uh, calling plays that are going to get you four yards and executing those plays as best you can. Uh, and when you don't, all of a sudden, all those other reasons that this is a difficult game become magnified by a ton because with Weaver State, they knew that they were going to pass. They knew they could rush uh, one or, or more extra guys if they wanted to, and it was going to make life hell for Austin Simmons, and that's exactly what happened there. I think overall, when Bob's talking about the whole game, when you remember when we talked to Bob after the game, one of the things he said, which I thought was um, a general thing, but I think on target, was that he said, you know, our whole goal with this program, and what it's based on is getting better all the time. And that was not the case. And he pointed back, I mean, he had complimentary things to say about the Northern Colorado game, that win, the one, the Kyle Sloan win. But in hindsight, uh, Saturday night after we were state game, he said we really weren't, we didn't get better in that game. And then it, I think that the problems became more magnified then when obviously when they lost by uh, quite a few against Weber State, 17 points, whatever it was, uh, and were dominated, physically dominated in that game. Uh, and it, it would go back to, and that would be another thing about the break, where it'd be like, okay, we got to go back to getting better uh, every week. And uh, I am sure that there were some candid conversations between coaches and players about being off the track in that regard. Uh, and uh, again, you'll see it. I think you'll see it on Saturday if they, as Bob said there, just kind of take it easy is not the word, but settle down is the word and just play the way you're capable of playing uh, against the team that is going to give up some yards. Uh, you know, if they can do that. I think that they win, and I think that the you know the point spread, whatever it is, four point five is is probably realistic. Uh, that under over on a game, seventy three points. I saw they're expecting the Coyote defense to give up some points too. So it'll be really, I think, interesting just to see how this game unfolds. 
Yeah, you mentioned uh, that defense, Mick, and and you know last year coming into this game, I think we expected it to be a shootout. I, I would imagine. I don't remember, but I would imagine. Uh, that the over-under coming into last year's matchup between these two teams was pretty high as well with Chris Streveler and Sam Straub. Well, as we remember, uh, it didn't turn out to be the kind of matchup that we expected in any way because both Straub and Streveler got hurt in the first half. Streveler on the first series of the game, Straub uh, made it a couple of minutes longer, but he left as well. Um, And it ended up being a battle of backup quarterbacks. Austin Simmons saw some of the most significant time he'd seen in his career to that point in this game and he led the Cows to a 42 nothing win there was a couple of pick sixes uh for the defense in that game as they pitched the shutout against the Salukis uh Simmons it, it, you know by all accounts did not play particularly well that day but the the offense was still able to do enough uh to win that game going away with again with the help of the defense and uh as we look at that defense now Mick you know people can say what they want uh, but this is a group that has largely held its own so far this season. You look at Kansas State for a, a lion's share of that game. They were very good. Uh, you take away the 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 first and the fourth quarter against Northern Colorado. They were they were almost um, uh, unstoppable or uh, unflappable in that in that second and third quarters, uh, which is what allowed USD to pull away in that game. Uh, and then they did enough down the stretch. Uh, to help USD secure that victory. And then at Weber State, they were put in some very difficult spots all day long and for the most part kept the Wildcats out of the end zone. So this defense, I'm not so sure they're getting the credit they're due at this point. I, I would agree with you. That's a defense that plays hard. And I was just thinking late in that Weber State game, um, I, you just, and this is just from watching, this is just eyeballing it, but. The offense was not playing with that the level of urgency that the defense was in that game. And uh, it, I think they've done a very good job of uh, rushing the passer and, and uh, knocking down the run game as best they can. It's fantastic in the red zone that the uh, number of opportunities the other team has had inside 25 yards um, and having forcing them to kick a field goal, That's I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's, it's been very impressive so far, and it, it shows, you know, it, it, the defense doesn't quit. They'll give up a, a big gain, and, but then they hang in there. And uh, a great example, perfect answer, I think, uh, so far. And I don't think Weaver State had the greatest offense in the world, and they were content to kind of uh, depend on their defense. Uh, just like USD was once uh, in the last year's Southern Illinois game, once they knew that their the USD's backup quarterback was going to be better. There was going to be less of an impact than it would be with Southern Illinois. Uh, I think they were very confident they could win that game just uh, just defensively, pretty much, and taking advantage, taking whatever they could on offense. Um, so it's uh, I, I give big thumbs up to the defense so far. You have a new system there, and it looks like that new system has really translated into some pretty solid defense so far. So yeah, they've uh, it has been a, a part of a, a young season where they have not probably got the credit they've deserved so far, um, and uh, certainly they'll get plenty of opportunities as you go on this next month to show that yes, they are really good. Yeah, USD opponents so far this season, 14 trips, Mick, inside the red zone, just five touchdowns. They've held them to five touchdowns, five field goals, 
and four scoreless opportunities. Uh, any coach will take that in the red zone if you're holding teams to field goals and keeping them off the board altogether once they get inside your 20-yard line. That's that's pretty good stuff. This That being said, though, this is a different kind of challenge this week uh, against Southern Illinois. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. Very, very dynamic quarterback in Sam Straub. He's a, he's a senior. He's played a ton of football, third in the league uh, at over 275-yard passing per game. Uh, he's got a, a nice little stable of receivers. Raphael Leonard, who Bob Nielsen says is, is one of the best guys uh, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference at the wide receiver position. Darrell James, also very highly thought of around the league. Landon Lenore, who is the younger brother of a guy that Bob had at Western Illinois. Lance Lenore, uh, he's not quite the same player as Lance, but at the same time, very talented. And then DJ Davis, uh, their running back, has really exploded here in the first part of the season. Leads the league uh, with over uh, with 140 yards rushing uh, per game. So he's in the midst of a breakout game as well. So uh, while the Kyle defense has been very good uh you know outside of k-state northern colorado's offense was okay weavers was uh you know less than average i in my opinion um i think uh, all told though this this very well could be the best offense they've faced to this point in the season even when you do consider kansas state yeah you got a veteran quarterback there but they've run they've run almost for as many yards as they've passed and i think that that's something that uh, as much as we've already talked about it in context with the Coyote offense, it's something that just makes them a little difficult to, to deal with because uh, getting to Straub is, I mean, he's a giant quarterback. He's about 250 pounds, uh, but you get him off schedule, as we say, uh, then you can rush him a little bit and he's not, you know, he's not going to be able to run around there like Simmons and, as much as he's a difficult guy to tackle, if he's got three guys in there, you're going to get him down or you're going to rush him and you're going to have to get rid of it. But uh, with a, a gifted running back, a little guy, uh, Davis is not a very big guy, but certainly it gives him an opportunity. With, uh, if they're capable of finding some holes for him, that he's not going to go for seven yards every time. But one of those times he's going to go for 30 or 40. And uh, on average then, all of a sudden you're dealing with the run instead of putting a your resources in it, defending the pass, and then it gets more complicated. So uh, getting them into, into situations where they got to pass the ball and you can rush Straub a little bit, I think that's going to be a big key to keeping that, that offense, their offense, settled out. A very potent offense, to say the least. In fact, uh, complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of uh, uh, the numbers that they're putting up uh, from its own defense. Uh, top seven in uh, points scored. So far this season, almost identical in terms of the number of points scored. In fact, it might actually be identical, 44.7 per game. Uh, total offense over 540 yards. That's fifth in the FCS. Uh, they're also top 18 in both passing offense and rushing offense. So uh, very explosive, to say the least. And uh, then you throw all that in, Mick, with the fact that USD has not played particularly well in Carbondale in its first two trips since joining the Valley. Uh, lost both of those games. Had a chance late in Bob's first year. Uh, they had, a, I think it was four cracks at it uh, inside the, or I, I take that back, Bob's second year um, at the helm here at USD and um, had four cracks at it inside uh, the five-yard line at the end of the game and just couldn't get the job done. Uh, but they were in a big hole early in that one. They got kind of blown off the field a couple of years before that. Uh, so uh, while the, uh, the series is relatively new between these two teams, the home team has won all four games 
uh, in this series to this point. Uh, including uh, the two losses at Saluki Stadium. Uh, I talked to Bob Nielsen again earlier this week and asked him uh, what it was going to take to get that first win for his program at Saluki Stadium. Here's what he had to say about that. We've got to play well in all three areas. Um, You know, they're they're a team that scored a lot of points in their opening three games, uh, a team that has very talented, skilled players. Uh, we're going to have to play really well defensively. We're going to have to generate stops, uh, hopefully force a turnover or two. Uh, and offensively, we've got to be a lot better than we were at Weber. We're, we're going to have to put points on the board. Uh, we're going to have to value every possession. Uh, and then, uh, you know, kicking game and turnovers, you know, lots of times in conference games make a difference. Mick, so Coach Nielsen not really saying anything you or I haven't said. He's very well aware of what it's going to take and the, the kind of performance his team needs to put forth uh, this weekend. But the interesting part at the end, the turnovers, lost that battle at Weber State 3 to nothing. So obviously that could play a role, uh, as he mentioned. And then the kicking game, which has been one of the suspect parts of this team to this point in the season. It could easily come down to a kick at the end of the game. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's – you talked – when we listened to Bob talk after the Kansas State game, uh, you know, he's genuinely bummed out there, and it was not a, a, any hint that he was proud of his team for coming that close. I think it's because of exactly what you said there, not necessarily uh, directed toward the kicking game exactly, but just that uh, they're going to be in games like that this year, and, and figuring things out in that fourth quarter in the last five minutes are going to be the difference between playoffs and no playoffs in this conference. And uh, that's where they have to deliver. And that certainly includes the kicking and punting game uh, with, uh, you know, if you're going to, you're saying, well, this is going to be a close game. And then you also have doubts about your kicking game, particularly. Well, that means that you're going into this, this close game with uh, you're not going to get three or six points that you should be able to get. You have reasonable expectations you're going to be able to get, and then and that then it really shows up in the close games. So, but it's a very small sample size so far, and certainly there'll be opportunities here as the season goes on. As I said, like three times in this podcast here, to for those who doubt to be, uh, you know, to be disproven, to to be able to prove that no, this isn't as big a problem as we thought, and this is why, and we were able to take care of it, and this will be the I guess the first opportunity to do that in league competition where you got a, you got a problem with your kicking. Well, no, we don't. Okay. Uh, make a few field goals and, uh, and then, then we'll believe you. And that's kind of the, the spot they're in right now. Now, one other interesting note about this game, and that is the fact that Bob Nielsen's sitting on 199 career victories, had a chance to get number 200 at Weber State. It didn't happen. So another opportunity here, he'd become the 91st coach in college football history to reach that milestone, Mick. And ironically enough, the guy he replaced, Joe Glenn, got number 200 against Southern Illinois back in 2015. That adds a, just a little extra uh, note of intrigue here. Yeah, a little bit. I think it. And those guys, whenever, I mean, is Bob thinking about two, win 200 here or is he thinking about going 1-0 and in the conference with a, a bunch of tough games coming up? I think he, we know the answer thinking, to that, right? <laughs> 0.11% is he thinking about that 200 win. Uh, but it, on its own, uh, stripped of any immediate circumstances, it, it definitely shows that he's had a hell of a career and he's been a hell of a football coach. And, I, you know, 
we're going to talk about that kind of stuff because it is interesting. You're right, though. His focus is is elsewhere as it should be. Uh, that being said, if he gets it done, uh, certainly um, I, I think the level of appreciation will be there to be a part of such a unique and elite group uh, in a sport that's been around for a very long time. Yeah, uh, you don't want that 199th win to need a coat of paint and, and sanding and all that sort of stuff. You want to move on to 200 so you don't deal with, you don't have 199 sitting there anymore. I think that's, that's one way you could look at it. And it's kind of interesting, too, to have, you know, 91 guys or him being the 91st guy and to have South Dakota have two of them. And in fact, two in succession with Joe Glenn and Bob Nielsen. Uh, again, just adds a little extra to it, and I think it's uh, kind of a cool story when and if that comes. And uh, obviously, Bob Nielsen hoping, uh, whether it's for that reason or any other reason, hoping to get uh, the victory this weekend in the Missouri Valley Football Conference opener at Southern Illinois. That game set for 6 p.m. Central Time at Saluki Stadium down there in Carbondale, Illinois. Mick and myself will both be along for the ride, as we always are uh, with USD football this weekend. Looking forward to that. Certainly uh, um, encourage all of you to uh, follow along uh, with with what Mick's putting out there uh, throughout the weekend, starting Friday on the road trip. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Mick Gary, and then, of course, myself, at Elson Midco SN, uh, as we'll be providing updates throughout uh, the experience down there in Carbondale, Illinois. But Mick, as always, appreciate you jumping on here uh, and lending some thoughts about USD football. Always a pleasure, Jay. All right, buddy. We'll see you this weekend. And uh, that's going to do it for us on this episode of This Week in USD Football. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this Midco SN podcast presented by Avera Orthopedics. To listen to any of our past episodes, go to midcosn.com slash podcast.